Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. We are joined today by Jordan Candlish to talk about meditation and your career. Jordan's joining us from Perth in Western Australia, and we're going to really quickly turn it over to you, Jordan. Jordan, tell our dear listener a little bit about yourself. Guys, thank you so much for having me on here. It's a, it's a joy to connect. We're on different sides of the globe, so I'm uh, calling to you from the future. It's uh, <laughs> when, Wednesday morning out here. Uh, I'm just getting started. You're just coming to an end. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, just a quick synopsis around what I do. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a high performance coach, but I also work with high achievers who are looking to kind of get to the next level in their evolution, whether that be in careers, in their businesses or in their relationships or in their health. Uh, but I've been a full-time coach for the last 12 months and this has been a journey that's taken me all over the world. I was in Canada for a couple of years. I used to be an accountant. So you know, I studied business and accounting and finance at school. And it was sort of while I was working in my accounting job, I realized that there was a misalignment with my soul's calling and the work that I was doing. Um, that kind of sparked me on a, 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 a in, internal growth, so to speak. And that journey, yeah, eventually took me out to Toronto, lived, for, lived in Toronto for a couple of years. And now uh, I've since returned back to Perth, Western Australia in good time now that the pandemic's here. That's Amazing. cool. There's something to be said about uh, accountants finding that they have a slightly different purpose in life, right, Lisa? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cool. a common theme. Yeah. Yeah. And Jordan and I actually met through a mutual connection and Jordan did a workshop for us. Um, he was part of our workshop on meditation. And so I was really excited to have him join us on this episode to talk a little bit more and really just to help our listeners who might be thinking about meditation, but have never really dove into it so um we've got a lot of really great content today within that i am so excited yeah meditation for me has become something that i've put a lot more emphasis on in the second half of this very strange year and this will be going out right at the end of 2020 so i think the timing is perfect i'm ready to certainly learn from you jordan super pumped yeah likewise man let's do it all right. So meditation and mindfulness are a pretty big part of your life. When did that start? Yeah. Meditation really was something that I had heard of, but never really delved into. And this was going back, you know, back in 2016, when I started my graduate job at Deloitte, which is one of the you know bigger accounting firms. Um, I remember when I started my, my grad role, as you know, for anyone who's been a grad at some point, you kind of get the the bottom end of the jobs like the, the work you get given isn't the most thrilling and pretty much just data entry basically changing dates on spreadsheets and shit like that and i had a lot of spare spare time so i started listening to podcasts and i discovered tim ferris's podcast and his podcast is all about interviewing high performers and finding out what the routines habits and rituals that these high performers have and there was a common theme that I picked out of these podcasts. And as I started to, you know, make my way through all of these podcasts, I saw most high performers had some sort of mindfulness or meditation practice in their morning routine. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool. I want to start to, you know, ramp up my, my levels of energy and my focus and my, you know, try to find more purpose in my life. So I just started copying these, these routines that I was hearing and meditation being one of them. 
uh, yeah, fast forward, you know, four or five years later. And, you know, now I'm, you know, I've been a meditation teacher. I was working in a meditation studio in Toronto for a year. Um, I've now you know, spent, I would say thousands of hours in meditation. Sometimes I'll sit for a couple of hours in a day. Um, and it's just been a practice that's really helped me get beyond my mind and back into my body where that's where all the, all the magic is really, you know, once in the minute we get out of our heads, we can start to quiet the, the noise machine down. Uh, life gets a, a whole lot easier. Hmm. I love that. And I had a similar sort of path to meditation and that you keep hearing about it and you think, all right, there has to be something to this. So um, really cool. And so for our listeners who are new to meditation, if you could sort of pare it down, what is it exactly? Yeah. So, you know, some of the, the wise Indian sages will say meditation's just simply a radical refusal to harbor thoughts. Now that, mm. that approach is very direct. And for a lot of us, we'll, you'll soon realize that it's very difficult to not have thoughts. <laughs> so I will say meditation is simply the ability to observe and watch your thoughts. Now, that's that was sort of the first stage of the evolution for me but i would split meditation or mindfulness into two categories you've got your your concentration based training which is you're training the the prefrontal cortex and that's where you're training your mind to be more self-aware to concentrate that's where you'll get practices where you'll focus on your breath you'll focus on a mantra you'll you'll sink you'll point your focus in something you know something direct something anchored like your breath then you've got your open awareness, which is more of your Vipassana practice, which is where you kind of just sit and observe and watch what comes in. You're just noticing. It's more of an open focus. So you can see there's two different types and that's where sometimes mindfulness and meditation gets a little bit, people get a little bit confused between the two. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. It's an interesting point you've made. Like I said, I'm really as much a student of it as anything in this conversation. Meditation and mindfulness have become a much more kind of mainstream conversation. Obviously, all three of us now have some sort of involvement with it um, in our lives. What do you think is sort of behind the rise in its mainstream awareness or maybe even popularity? Yeah, it's a, that's a good question. And I feel a lot of that is coming back to all the science is starting to come out about it. You know, it's no longer this, uh, I guess, ain't like spiritual practice reserved for the the hippies or the people who are into the spiritual work. It's it's there's a lot of science that's coming out around the benefits to the brain and what happens when you start to train these parts of the brain. You know, you start to see measurable results in terms of the neuroplasticity of the brain. It changes, you know, and, and it's it's quite amazing to think that your brain literally changes as you start to focus and engage a practice like this. And you know, we're talking changes for the better. Like you're, you're way more self-aware, you know, you're less reactive, you know, your, your sleep starts to improve, your relationships start to improve. And these are all things that people, the scientists have measured this stuff. So we ain't making this stuff up. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, to me, that's where it's coming from. People, it's, it, you can't ignore it anymore. Um, and I feel like if you're trying to start to improve your functioning as a human being, meditation is almost a necessity it's it's not it's mm. not a luxury anymore very interesting so mind-blowing to think about our brains and how they all work and the science behind it you talked about some benefits of meditation what would you say are some benefits in your career specifically and how are people using it 
to benefit their careers. Yeah, for sure. I'll give you, I guess, two examples of how it's benefited me because obviously I started meditating while I was working in my corporate job and now my life sort of revolves around my ability to maintain a meditative state as I, as I work. Cause I feel like in coaching, you know, you want to be as present as possible when you're coaching someone, because that's when you can really listen and see things. Um, so, you know, obviously when my practice started out in the corporate job, it's, you know, I was meditating my 10, 20 minutes a day. And that was a wonderful entry point because it allowed me to, to just gather some space. You know, I started to get some internal space between, you know, all my habitual thought patterns and behavior patterns. Now I had this routine or practice that allowed me to just, you know, listen a little bit more to what my heart was trying to tell me. Um, so that gave me a lot of clarity and that combined with the yoga practice really helped me start to develop a stronger relationship with myself. Um, but then when my practice went deeper, you know, and as I started to sit longer, uh, I really started to notice the, the, the intuition or I became way more sensitive to energy. And as I became sensitive to energy, I was able to drop back into more of my feminine aspect. And a lot of us are conditioned out of our feminine qualities, which is to feel. Um, and the minute you can start to really step back into that and learn how to work with and process your emotions, then, you know, you're so much more effective, especially if you're a coach, but and then just as effective if you're in a career and you're working with people because it's all relationships at the end of the day. Um, and I would say that's been one of the biggest, the biggest impacts it's had on me is my ability to be more present with myself, but then also around other people, whether business or personal relationships. That's really, really interesting. I'm just so as present as possible in listening to this and just letting it all sink in and just kind of want to create that space for our listener to possibly do the same. A lot of people that I've kind of learned meditation from or I've read from talk about how the benefits of meditation, and you've hinted at this already, kind of the benefits deepen over time. There's some sort of like a cumulative effect to this. Why is this and how does it work? Yeah, it's it's exactly like going to the gym, right? You, you roll down the gym and you start picking up the heavy dumbbells on your first session. You, you're not going to be able to lift them. And <laughs> same thing goes if you go to the gym and you think you're going to have a six pack after your first workout. It's just not going to happen. It's like treat it like training your brain. Training your brain is the exact same as training your body. Like it's reps. Every time mm -hmm. you sit down and do your 20 minute or 15 minute meditation, that's your, that's your, your, your mind gym, you know? And as you start to stack this, or as you start to prioritize training your brain, just as much as you train your body, it gets stronger. You become more self-aware. You become more emotionally and mentally resilient. You can handle emotional setbacks. You, you know, you, you're not as affected, uh, you know, if something goes, something goes wrong in your day or it's going to happen. Shit's it's life. <laughs> Shit happens mm -hmm. in life and things are going to go wrong. And the more you're prepared for that, uh, the better. So I would say it's cumulative. Don't expect to see results after your first meditation sitting, give it, give it two, three weeks to a month and you will start to see noticeable changes. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know, just this kind of came to me off the cuff here. Viktor Frankl, who wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, Holocaust Survivor, wrote about what it was like to be in concentration camps, talks about that idea of there being space between sort of um, life stimulus, shit happening, and our thoughts or our response to those thoughts. Do you, is there something that 
in what you've learned that connects you to sort of that that story or that narrative that's kind of come from him and has inspired a lot of literature I know yeah 100% I've read that book it's a, it's an amazing book and yeah he, he's that quote is is really hits the nail on the head it's like between stimulus and response there's a there's a space and in that space is our ability to choose you know and it's, and that's that's basically the one thing that can never be taken away from us is our ability to choose how we respond to situations now most people are just walking around reacting to everything because they're a program based on their past experiences so to take back the steering wheel of your life is to look at all these habitual patterns of reaction that you, you go about and say, is this serving me? Is it serving me to get angry every time someone pisses me off at work? Or mm. is it serving me to, you know, start thinking about the future every time, you know, the next bill comes in or start fearing the future. It, it just pulls your awareness back so you can observe all these reaction patterns. Mm. And as you see the space, you can then choose a different response. Instead of reacting today, I'm going to just breathe and feel and drop into my body and just let go of that. Or instead of, you know, getting worried about the future, I'm going to think about, you know, how I can start to look at things now and just, you know, give, give gratitude for what I do have instead of looking at what I don't have. You know, it's just little shifts that over time have a big impact. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. You've worked with high performers too, and it sounds like you've done some study on high performers as well. Have you found that that is a major difference for them, that it, it's all about their response? Yeah, hundred percent. Like just recently I've been working with some, you know, semi-professional athletes out here in, in Perth, you know, I used to play football slash soccer semi-professionally in Australia. And it was, it was, I guess, a natural path for me to head back into the performance realm. And it's been interesting to see how, you know, this space that we speak about, you know, in performance, you know, you're trying to optimize for flow. You're trying to optimize for being in the moment. And when you're in your head at any perform level of performance, you're, you're not at your best. If you have to think to perform, no good <laughs> on the mm -hmm. field. You don't have time to think when you're playing at a high, high, a high level or in anything actually. So this ability to train the mind to, to not, think in critical moments allows you to just drop back into the flow of life um so yeah there's i guess there's two elements to that right you know you're training the brain to to learn how to tap into that flow state but then you've got your you know your everyday life where things might go wrong and you can notice old patterns and not react to them so the performance realm i would say just connects back to the to that flow state um if that makes sense i hope that i hope that mm -hmm. makes sense yeah yeah totally it does. And it, it has a lot of tactical applications too. When I'm thinking about your, in your career, you know, we both worked in accounting. And so if you're going to give a presentation or you're dealing with a difficult or challenging situation at work, you're performing in a lot of ways. And so even when you're in a, a job interview, um, so I think that there are a lot of really practical ways for people to use this as they sort of go into 2021. Mm -hmm. 100%. Even if, even if you're in an you know, accounting job, you know, I've got nothing against accountants. Like account, <laughs> account, I loved, you know, the company I work for, just the work wasn't for me. But if you're, if you're in accounting and you're doing a tax return, uh, if you're not in the moment, if you're thinking about what you're having for lunch, 
and you you miss you miss a number in that tax return hey that's like that's that's a big mistake you know mm -hmm. it's it's your ability to be present in in at work that's really going to determine performance so yeah it's applicable you know across the board really mm -hmm. so for someone who's never had a meditation practice where do you recommend that they start in terms of like time duration form of meditation or just any like across the board yeah what, what's the first yeah. step yeah i would say start really small don't try to bite off more than you can chew um, because that's a common one people go oh i'm gonna do 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the evening and i'm gonna do this i'm gonna stick to this new habit and it, that's a it's a lot if you've if you're not used to putting time aside for for mindfulness or meditation um mm -hmm. i would start with like a 10 minute morning practice and just start to get some uh consistency around your practice and you know it's 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 around commitment like once you commit to yourself hey i'm going to do this every morning for 10 it's 10 minutes so set a time on your phone 10 minutes and just focus on your breath for 10 minutes mm -hmm. <laughs> simple just follow your breath as it moves in and I, I like the the practice of breathing in for four hold for two breathe out for four hold for two and just do that for 10 to 15 minutes every morning and give yourself two weeks and once you've solidified that as a as a habit two weeks, four weeks, whatever the, whatever the, the science is around habit formation. But once it's solidified, then you can, you can build upon that. Okay. Now let's, let's do it in the evening, 10 minutes mm -hmm. in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. And then once you've done that, ramp up the time. Now we can do 20 minutes and just notice the effect that it has. And there's so many different forms of meditation out there. People use apps, Headspace, Calm, they're all great as well. Um, but I personally never got into the apps. I did Headspace, but I just didn't like the the dependency, like, I don't want to use my phone. What if I just want to sit and meditate on the beach? Like, I don't, I don't want to use my app for that. So, yeah. you know, play around with the apps, but I would say get some um, self accountability, just use your breath, use what's what you've got. Um, and then obviously, if you want to go deeper, you can expand into some of the uh, open awareness meditations, the Vipassanas, um, Joe Dispenza has some great meditations out there as well. So yeah, it's awesome. a journey. It's hmm. funny too, because I'm feeling myself remember the resistance that I had to it initially of like, I don't have 10 minutes in the morning, but looking back now, that's probably when I needed it the most to fit that 10 minutes into my day. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. If it, if you catch your mind saying, I don't have time, it's, that's actually a red flag saying, Hey, just stop what you're doing and go inward and mm -hmm. face the part of you that thinks you don't have time. Awesome. Hmm. Very, very cool. I'm curious. So when you are kind of mapping out when you're meditating, um, or, or paying more attention to your mindfulness during the day, like, is it, is it scheduled for you or is there something where you're listening to what's going on? And maybe there's a moment where you just press pause. I'd love to just dive into that a little bit further if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's evolved a fair bit over the last uh, probably year. Uh, I used to be very scheduled and routine with my meditations, very structured. Um, and that serves, a, that serves a place like in, in the early stages of, of, the, of your journey in your, in your personal development journey, it makes sense to have structure and routine and be disciplined. Uh, but I guess now it's more being way more flexible and fluid and, and feminine with what, what my body and my mind feels in the moment. Um, some days, you know, I've been doing a lot of Qigong recently. So Qigong is more of like a moving meditation. Some days I'll just want to go do some Qigong by the beach. 
Some days I want to do some breath work. Some days I want to sit for an hour and just close my eyes and not, not do anything. Um, it really depends. And as you start to adopt more tools in your practice, you've got more to pull from depending on what your body feels like in that day. Uh, so yeah, you know, given the fact I've got like autonomy over my day, it frees me up to be able to have that flexibility. But mm. yeah, at the moment it's, it's yeah, more, more moving meditations I'm finding. And then breath works a big part of that too. Really cool. Thanks. It, it definitely sounds like there is a lot of room for sort of personal creativity in terms of discovering, as you said, kind of the journey that you're on, what works for you, the day that you're facing, the tools that you have. I feel like this conversation could go pretty deep into those directions, but I appreciate you kind of just giving our listeners a place to start off from. Yeah, of course, man. I'm also picturing too, because there is so much flexibility in meditation and how it kind of, what it looks like really, would it be something that someone could do while they were going for a walk or while they were taking some time, you know, let's say they had a really difficult meeting coming up if they went and took a quiet moment somewhere in the office. Is, is that possible? Do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. I've actually, you know, and some of the clients I've been working with some of my, my corporate clients, um, you know, I've been in telling them, you know, some of some of the most powerful, times in mindfulness for me is which has been long walks you know going for a walk or just going to sit by a, you know in a park bench and just listening to the sound of the, the wind blowing in the leaves um but if you've only got five minutes then straight away like you, you go right back to the one thing that you're that's always connected to you and is always connected to life in the present moment and it's, it's your breath so if you've got five minutes you know really notice you know, what's the quality of my breathing like? Am I breathing into my chest or am I breathing into my abdomen? You know, the minute you bring conscious awareness to your breath, you instantly drop into your nature. You drop into life uh, because your, your breath is connected to nature. So, you know, depending on your situation, depending on where you are, you can have walking meditations. It's just about bringing more conscious attention to the way you move, the way your breath moves, the way your body moves the way life and nature moves, you know, getting out of the head and just into the moment, into your senses. So there are so many ways you can do that. Um, but that's all, you know, mindfulness based, you know, conscious attention training, you know, just bring, just training yourself to be more in the moment. And again, it's like going to the gym. It's just practice. <laughs> the more you do it, the better you get at it. Wow. I love the way that you make this so accessible and so easy for people to understand would you mind giving us a short example of a guided meditation? Hundred percent. Yeah. How long? How long have we got? <laughs> what would work best? Two minutes? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Yeah, we can do. Let's do a let's do a quick five to ten minute meditation, and then we can we can see where we're at. Perfect. So let's uh, let's drop in for five minutes. I'll uh, I'll take it away. So. If you're listening, wherever you are, I guess if you're driving a car, don't don't close your eyes. Um, but if you're sitting at home on a chair and you have an opportunity, just just close your eyes and just allow your attention to just drop down into your body. And you can use your breath as sort of the anchor for this. And just really bring your awareness to the quality of your breathing. 
and just notice the flow of air as it moves in through your nose. Notice if it moves down into your chest or to your lower abdomen. And we want to just start to expand the lower abdomen with each breath. Sort of just allow the air to move down into the area just below your belly button. So just expands and deflates with each breath. You want to start to just extend the exhales a little bit longer. You just start to notice this flow of energy. The energy moves in and up on the inhales and falls back out on the exhales. And just notice the activity of your mind as you continue to breathe with conscious attention. Every time your mind tries to pull you off in a different direction, just want to acknowledge it. Okay, there's the mind trying to pull me along. And just bring your awareness back to the breath. And every time you catch that mind wandering, every time you bring your attention back, that's the rep. That's you strengthening that mental muscle. And just start to become aware of any repetitive thoughts that start to come in. Thoughts about, you know, fears, certain fears, certain worries, things that you got to get done. Just notice them without judging, without labeling them good or bad. Just passing energy, passing thoughts. And when you're ready, just start to direct your attention to your heart space. Start to breathe into your heart. And start to imagine this area expand as you hold your energy on this space. Start to bring to mind someone or something in your life that you're extremely grateful for. At the time of this recording, we're leading up to Christmas. Just start to think about all the amazing people in your life who love you, who care about you. Start to breathe gratitude in for the fact that you're safe, you're alive, and you have people that love you. Just feel your heart start to swell with this love that you have for your life. And the state of gratitude is an energetic state of receivership. It tells life that we already have everything. 
So just breathe three more breaths of gratitude in. Whenever you're ready, you can slowly blink, open your eyes and just join me back in the room. Thank you for that, guys. Thank you. That is amazing. You're an amazing guided meditation teacher. My goodness. <laughs> Thank you, man. Must be by... that Australian accent. <laughs> <Does wonder. laughs> it goes by really quickly, too. Yeah, yeah it does. And that's, and that's five minutes. Like you, you sit for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, whether it's guided or not guided, you can very quickly start to ideally we're trying to shift our brainwave state down from a more of an active beta into a, it down into an alpha and then down into a theta. So the sweet spot is the theta, which is a slower brainwave pattern. And in that place, we're able to drop into our bodies you know our subconscious mind is is accessible in theta so you can start to plant lots of you know new ideas new beliefs remove a lot of outdated beliefs when you're in that state so um yeah there's lots of different uses for meditation when it comes to reprogramming our mind very cool well i can imagine lots of our listeners coming back to this episode many times i know i will totally same here so we have some questions that we like to ask of all of our guests that come on the show. And the first of one, first of the four is around fun. What's the most fun you've had in your career so far, Jordan? Great question. Uh, so uh, would, do you want me to split my career in terms of my corporate career and then my, my business, my business venture, or um, do you want them in terms of recently in my I'd say my why not go ahead and split the two uh, in case we have kind of a listener that's in each of those two spaces right now cool yeah I working for Deloitte Deloitte was such an amazing company and, and I have some I made some lifelong friends while there so I had a lot of fun in the social event so uh, and I would say one of the, the most fun that I had was certainly uh, Deloitte does like this thing called D Academy where they fly out all the new grads out to um, Melbourne out here, which is on the East coast of Australia. So you fly it out with all the other grads and all the Deloitte grads, which is like 200, 200 or so. Uh, you basically do some fun activities and then you'll, you'll go out and get pissed <laughs> during the week. So you get drunk with all your new Deloitte employees. So that was a, that was a fun, fun stage in my life. And it was such an amazing bonding experience for, um, with, with all the new staff there. So I had a lot of fun there. So I made a lot of friends through that. Um, and then in terms of now, just with my, my current, um, business, um, my coaching business, uh, I guess the, the most fun I get to have with this is really the, the ability to, to have flexibility and autonomy as to where I work. So at the start of the year, just before COVID hit, I was living out in Bali for, for three and a half weeks, intending to stay longer, but unfortunately we had to come home. But just to live in Bali and be able to nip around on scooters and you know eat good food and live really cheaply, it was, it was sort of the dream come true for me. So that was a, a really fun phase of, of, of my journey. Uh, hoping to get back out there at some point soon, but not looking likely. 
it sounds like fun, but at least uh, at least you're very hopeful that we do move back into that state, hopefully soon. Hopefully, okay. it has to happen eventually. Totally. Yep, you're right. This too shall pass. Another question that we ask is around, uh, since a lot of people in their careers encounter some degree of what they might feel like uh, risk or risk taking, what's the biggest risk you've taken in your career and how did that turn out? Yeah, the, the biggest risk was definitely leaving, leaving Deloitte, leaving my accounting job and just not really knowing what I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to follow this calling that I had to travel back to Canada, uh, flew out to Canada and was just basically like, look, I want to work in the field of health and wellness and personal development because I'm so passionate about that and just trusted. I had trust that I was being guided and ended up finding all the right people, the right opportunities and Ultimately, yeah, had an amazing two years in Canada, learned so much, met some amazing people and it really set the foundation for starting the, the online business. So yeah, leaving, leaving the job and flying out to North America, that was, that was a bit of a risk, but it paid off. Cool. Looks like we didn't scar you too badly being uh, <laughs> in these borders. Cool. Our second last question is, what is the best piece of career advice that you have ever received? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I received a lot of good career advice in growing up. Like, you know, I worked at a financial planning company for a while. I received great career advice, but not great life advice, I'll be honest. Mm. Um, so I would say, you know, career good career advice is like, you know, <laughs> get a good job that pays you well, gets, get stability, get income security and, and all that jazz. But in my opinion, the best advice I got was just like trust, have faith and trust. And, you know, one of my mentors out in Canada, you know, said to me, like, when you take a leap of faith, which is what I, what I did, you know, if you have faith and trust that you'll always be guided and you'll always be directed to where you need to go. Um, that's when the courage emerges. So for me, it was have faith and trust. And that's when all the courage to just take risks shows up. So inspiring. I love very, that. Very mm. cool. Very profound. Yeah. Now, Jordan, I'm sure that people now are wondering where can they find out more about you? You have a podcast as well. So can you tell our listeners where they can find more information and follow along with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, the podcast, the podcast is called state shifters and that's my the brand as well i pretty much started state shifters while i was in my in my corporate job just as a way to share some of the insights and things i was learning along the way on my journey and then it's just evolved over time so the state shifters podcast you can find that on you know spotify apple podcasts all the main places and um on instagram i'm at state shifters that's the kind of the main place where i share my content and anything that i'm going through that anything coaching related i, I share on there but yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for the opportunity to come on here and share my story and my, my insights. It's, it's been really fun. Thank you too. And we'll be sure to put those links in the show notes as well. Yeah, for sure. It's been amazing you having you on the show, Jordan. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate you guys so much for having me on here. And I guess if anyone wants to continue the conversation or anyone you know, feels like they've been sparked, curious about meditation or anything I shared, just shoot me an email, jordan at stateshifters.com and I'm more than happy to, to chat or DM me on Instagram, but um, loving everything you guys are doing. It's just, it's podcasting such a great medium to, to share value and connect with people. So 
yeah, keep, keep, keep up the amazing work guys. And hopefully we can cross paths again when I can travel out to Canada soon. Mm-hmm. We'd love great. to have you for sure. Yeah. Cool. We'll call it a week at that for the career builders podcast. I'm Mike bird. I'm Lisa Blaine. Check out Jordan Candlish and check in with that breath. We hope you're well and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now.